0: Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the
1: case called Blood Trail. It is 7.30 on a Saturday evening in July 1929. For a week, an oppressive blanket of heat and dust has surrounded the town of Whitney in the Texas panhandle. Despite the unpleasant weather, however, Whitney is enjoying its usual Saturday night activity as Sheriff Dave Fellows strolls down Main Street.
2: Red, you're as stubborn as a mule. Oh,
1: howdy, Sheriff. Uh, howdy, Harry. You having trouble? <laughs> oh, just a little argument
2: with uh, Red. <laughs> Another oh, one? please just plumb stubborn. Won't admit nothing. Well, what won't he admit this time? Well, it's like this. I've been living near Whitney 40 years now. Been around the panhandle all my life. And I say this is the hottest July since Ock And Red says different, huh? Red says just hotter the July. summer of 18. I say 18 was not near as hot. Now, what do you say, Sheriff? Now, Harry, you know I make a practice of never taking sides in an argument. But if you want the facts... Well, I just come from my office. Weather report on my desk says it's the hottest July in 65 years. <laughs> I know <noted>. it. I knowed it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, I sure wished I was wrong, though. If this heat don't let up, I'm going to be a poor man. Don't look like nobody's going to make a cop. Yeah, everybody seems to be worried. Can't remember when we had. To, uh... Hey, who's that over there, Sheriff? Huh? Where? Oh, yonder. Coming towards the drugstore.
3: Uh
1: oh. Looks like a drunk. I better get on over there. He sure got a snoopful. <laughs> hey, Sheriff, ain't that old Doc Thomas? Doc Thomas? What? Yeah. yeah You're right, Harry. I didn't you know Doc
2: was a drinking man. Oh, Besides, right. he's got office hours till seven on Saturday. Right. Better help me <laughs> get him off the street. People are starting to look yeah. at him. Yeah, sure. Who'd have thought that old Doc had take... Sheriff, he's walking out in the street. He'll get <laughs> here. Hey, Doc. Doc, look out. Doc, look
3: out. Doc!
2: Come on, Harry. Hope he ain't hit bad. Maybe not. The car just grazed him. out
3: Move into it. Here. Yeah,
2: now, yeah. now help him, help him up He's a little bit. He's hurt bad. Do something hey, happen. one of you folks call Dr. Fields and tell him to hurry. Right, chef, we'll do it. <laughs> give me a hand, Harry.
3: We'll, boys, we'll get him up onto the,
2: the sidewalk. Easy easy now. Easy now door. Door. Easy. Get him out of here. Now. I reckon this is the first time now. he ever Please. took a drink. Well, This had to happen. Oh, all right, it's, folks, what, move what, what back, you will on? you? Give us some room here. Set him right down here, Harry. Easy
3: now, easy now. There we are. Oh,
2: that blood. I didn't think that car hit
1: him that hard. It didn't. Look at his shirt. It's soaked. He's been bleeding a long time. You mean when he was staggering down the street, he was already hurt? It appears that way. From the look of it, somebody gave the doc an awful whack on the head. But who would want to do that to
2: old Doc Thomas? I don't know. But I'm afraid we're not gonna find out from him. Doc Thomas is dead. <laughs>
1: It was easy for the sheriff to trace Dr. Thomas's path before he was hit by the car. Drops of blood on the sidewalk led directly to the doctor's office on a side street, four blocks from the scene of his death. The sheriff called for a Texas ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned joining the sheriff outside the doctor's office at five o'clock Sunday morning. Sorry, I couldn't get here sooner, Sheriff. Austin told me you were the nearest ranger, Jace. They said you were quite a piece away. Yeah, Wichita Falls. Reckon you'd like to take a look at his office first. This is the waiting room. Not much to see here. It's the office that'll give you a shock. You know what the actual cause of death was, yeah? Loss of blood. Had a skull fracture, too. Haven't found what he was hit with, though. Look at there, Jason. Some mess. Not a stick of furniture left in one piece. Look out for that broken glass. Never would have thought old Doc Thomas could put up such a fight. Didn't he ever have a nurse here with him? No. I figure he couldn't afford it. Treated everybody, rich or poor, the doc did, and didn't mind waiting to be paid. Did he have any money on him when he died? Oh, I don't believe it was robbery, Jace. He had about 15 bucks in his pocket. Uh-huh. Well, the phone's ripped out. Looks like he was trying to call somebody. Maybe not. Could have been tore out during the fight. I don't think so. Cord's out of the way of any furniture that got pushed over. And look at the way the wires are torn. Now, I'd say somebody meant to pull them out of the wall. One thing I don't understand. If the fellow that had this fight with Doc wasn't after money, he probably meant to kill him. Mm, sounds likely enough. Well, then why didn't he? The way the Doc was weaving when I saw him, it would have been a cinch for the killer to catch him before he ever got to Main Street. I think this will answer your question, Sheriff. That spot of dried blood? Oh, but how, Jace? There's blood spots all over the office. And some in the waiting room. None as large as this. From the size of it, he must have been lying here at least a few minutes. Could be got knocked unconscious. Killer thought he'd finished his job and took off. And you figure the doc came too, got up, and staggered downtown, huh? Yeah. See, the fight must have made quite a racket. Any of the neighbors hear anything? Yeah, I checked that. People on both sides were out downtown for the evening. Uh,
2: you looking for something special, Jace?
1: Yeah. And I've got it. Doc's appointment book. Hmm. Only one appointment after 5 o'clock. 6.30, Carl Hinkle. You know him, Sheriff? Sure. German fella. Lived here about 10 years. I guess he would.
2: Hey, wait a minute. I think we're on to something, Jay. How do you mean? Carl Hinkle's wife. The doc delivered her baby about six weeks ago. Mrs. Hinkle died right after the baby was
1: born. I've heard around town that Carl blamed the doc for her dying. I see. Where does Hinkle live? Not far from here. Over near the Santa Fe Depot. Come on, Sheriff. Let's wake him up and have a talk with him. It was 6.10 when we reached Carl Hinkle's home. It was a small but neat frame house fronting the railroad tracks. Nobody answered our knock, so we walked around to the back door. Hinkle was washing something out in a laundry tub on the porch. He was a big blonde man who looked at us stolidly as we walked toward him.
2: Morning, Carl. Morning, uh, Carl. This is Ranger
1: Pearson. He and I'd like to talk to you.
3: Well,
2: in shorty and Chipita, I tie my hands.
1: Pretty early, be doing washing, isn't it, Mister Ankle?
2: Yeah, I wash for the baby.
1: Mm, some of your own clothes there too, aren't they?
2: Mm, I wash for myself
1: too. You always do the baby clothes yourself, Carl? Well, nobody does for the baby but me. My wife is dead, so I got to do for the baby. Mister Ankle, did you visit Doctor Thomas last night? Oh yeah. Why? I owe him money. I go to pay him. Every week I pay a little. Do you usually make an appointment just to pay him money? Uh, No. But you made a special appointment last night. Why? Why I have an ache in my leg. I asked the doctor to fix it. So, why do you ask me these questions? Somebody murdered the doctor last night. Murdered? He was killed just about the time you were in his office. Uh, But... I uh, I didn't do it. We're not saying you did, Carl. Yeah, but this is what you mean. I I mean, what's what you think, no? Mr. Henkel, your wife died while she was under Dr. Thomas' care. Yeah? Did you blame him for her death? He should have been more careful. Now I'm left with an empty house and an empty hut. If he'd been more careful, this wouldn't be. But you still say you didn't go in there last
2: night and kill him. I went in there for the ache in my leg. What are you giving us, Carl. You went to get treated by a
1: man you didn't trust. Well, with my wife, you made the mistake. For this, you'll be with me twice careful. You know, Mr. Henkel, you were the last person to see the doctor before he was attacked. Uh, Nein. I was not. Then who was? Well, when I come from the office, a man sits in the waiting room. Do you know who this man was? Yeah, sure. I've seen him many times. Uh, uh, Mr. Horner. He must mean Tim Horner, Jason cowhand on Jim Ford's ranch. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. He goes into the doctor when I leave. All right, Mr. Hinkle, we'll check your story, but if it doesn't hold up, we'll be back to ask you some more questions. Let's go, Sheriff. We drove out to the Ford ranch. It was a small place that had seen better days. The ranch house needed a coat of paint. Some rusty farm machinery leaned against the side of the barn and an old jalopy sat next to the house. In a corner of the barnyard, a Mexican was hammering some crates together. As we approached, he started kicking at some chickens which pecked around his feet.
3: Howdy,
2: Hey,
4: hey, Buenos dias, senor.
1: Chickens, they're always on the foot. One cannot even do the work. Can I help you, senor? Is Mr. Ford around? Pero no, senor. He's with the cattle. But uh, he's going to be
4: here any minute, no? We're looking
1: for a man named Tim Horner. Is he with Mr. Ford?
4: Oh, I- I'm pretty sorry, senor. I only come to the ranch yesterday to help Senor Ford with the boxes, sir.
2: There is uh, one man who worked with Senor Ford, but yeah, I don't know his name. A big fella?
1: About the size of the ranger here? Got black hair? Yes, si, that's the fellow. See, see. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I think. Eh? What about this morning? No, no, senor. This morning when I come
2: to drink the coffee, he's not here. Uh, when Senor Ford go out to the cattle, he's still not here. <gasps> God, I make him very angry. Oh? Yes, yes, yes. When this man, he is not there, oh, Senor Ford, he curse and and he do... Oh, oh, oh there, here's Senor Ford. He gonna tell you about this. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: oh, boy. Hey, howdy, Jim.
1: Howdy, Sheriff. Morning, Ranger. What can I do for
2: you? We're looking for that hand of yours, Tim Horner.
1: Well, I reckon that makes three of us. When I find him, I'm going to break him in half. Mm-hmm. It's the only hand I got, and he walks out of me just when I need him most. When did you see him last, Mr. Ford? Uh, yesterday evening. He asked me if he could go into town. I said sure if he'd be back here at daybreak this morning. He ain't showed up. Don't reckon he will, neither. What makes you think that? I'll check the place where he sleeps. All his stuff's gone. Look, uh, why don't we go over on the porch where we can sit and be comfortable. Uh, take care of the horse, Jose.
2: Yes, yes, senor. I do that for you,
1: all I've done for that boy, Tim Horner. Now when I only need him a day or so longer, he takes off. Are you moving somewhere, Mr. Ford? I'm selling out, Ranger. Lock, stock, and barrel. Well, I didn't know that, Jim. I ain't said much about it. But figure I had about all I want, a rancher. Party's been after me a long time to sell him the place. Here, sit down. Yeah. I'm gonna take it easy from now on. When Tim Horner left you yesterday, was he sick? Sick? That boy never had a sick day in his life. We're just lazy, that's all. Hey, uh, how come you're so anxious to find out about Tim? A doctor in town by the name of Thomas was murdered last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about old Doc Thomas. It's too bad. He was a fine fella. Uh, but what's that got to do with Tim? We're pretty sure Tim was in his office just about the time Doc was slugged. That's true. You think, uh, you think maybe Tim was the one to killed him? We don't know yet. But his skipping out's not going to help him any. Oh, I reckon it will. You just never know, do you? Now, who would have thought a boy I had working for me was a killer? Well, I sure hope you find him. We will. Mm -hmm. Come on, Sheriff. Let's get back to town. On the way to town, I radioed Austin and requested an all-points bulletin on Tim Horner. Then the sheriff and I started combing the countryside. The rest of Sunday passed without any luck. Early Monday morning, I stopped at the sheriff's office to pick him up. Good hey, Morning, Jace. Howdy. We didn't get an awful lot of sleep last night, did we? We'll make up for it after we get Tim Horner. Yeah, but when that's going to be, I don't know. It appears like he just plain disappeared. That's one thing people can't do, Sheriff. Sometimes they take a little longer to find, but sooner or later they turn up. You ready to get moving? As soon as I finish marking these last two reports. You know, it just beats me, Jace. Why Tim Horner would want to kill old Doc Thomas. Well, don't guess we'll know that till we find Tim. Well, I reckon I'm ready. Where well, do you want to start today? How about the Stony Creek section? Suits me, I just... Oh, just a minute, Jace. Sheriff, fellas. Yeah? You did? Where? Yeah. Yeah, we'll take care of it. Well, you were right. Tim Horner's been found. Good. They're bringing him in? Uh uh. We have to go get him. He's dead.
0: We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Blood Trail.
1: Tim Horner's body had been located ten miles out in the brush by two boys on a camping trip. We drove within a mile of the spot where a highway patrolman was waiting with the boys. The youngsters pointed out where they'd found the body. We left them with the patrolman and then took horses the rest of the way.
2: You reckon Tim got scared and took his own life, Jace? That's
1: something we'll know pretty quick. There's the three big boulders, Jace. Just like those kids said. Yeah. It must have been their campfire off to the left. Ooh. Ooh, Charlie. Oh.
3: Ooh. Ooh.
1: <coughs> it sure is a wild spot. Hadn't been for those kids, we might never have found it. Uh huh. Should be right around this middle boulder from what those kids said. Jace. Yeah. Pull that brush away from him, Sheriff. That's the man we've been looking for? It's Tim Horner, all right. Shot twice, through the chest. At close range. Look at the powder burns. Let's turn him over. Uh Well, we can be sure of one thing, Sheriff. He didn't kill himself. How do you figure that? No blood on the ground, so he wasn't shot here. Whoever did it carried him out here after he was dead. sure went into a lot of trouble. Probably figured it was worth it. Almost was, too. See what you can find in his pocket. All right wallet. A little bit of money, either. But... Hey, Jase, look at this. Mm, box of pills. <laughs> Reckon Tim was ailing after all. Could be. Yeah, but Jim Ford said Tim hadn't been sick. Uh, Jim Ford could have been wrong. It's a cinch there's a tie-in between this murder and Doc Thomas getting killed. If we find out what kind of an ailment Tim had, we might get a lead. But how do you figure to do that? Tim ain't gonna do any talking now. Maybe he will, Sheriff. What's on your mind? Autopsy? Let's get moving. We got a lot to do. We got Tim Horner's body into Whitney at one that afternoon and requested the county medical examiner to make a rush autopsy. He told us to wait in the pathology lab of the hospital. A little less than an hour later, he joined us. Well, gentlemen, I must say I've never done such a quick job. I'm sorry, doctor, but it's necessary. I dare say it is. If it helps find out who killed old John Thomas, I'll do anything. What'd you find out, Doc? Be hey, careful, Sheriff. I don't want to break this slide. Mm-hmm. I have only made a preliminary examination, but I can tell you one thing definitely. What's that? Tim Horner died sometime Saturday night, probably before midnight. Why, that'd be only a few hours after Doc Thomas died. Anything else, Doctor? Yeah, Tim was a pretty sick boy even before he died. What was wrong with him, Doc? I'm going to tell you in a minute, as soon as I examine this slide under the microscope... You got an idea what it was, Doc? Uh
3: Uh-huh.
1: On this slide is a section of the dead man's spleen. It was very badly diseased. Could mean any number of things. Didn't I get it set here? Yep. Yes, I thought so. But I wanted to be sure. You know what it was now? It was anthrax. Anthrax? But that's a cattle disease. Also found in man. Contracted from sick stock and from contaminated ground. Does that help your ranger? Maybe. It might just clear up our whole case. I don't follow you, Jase. I'll explain on the way. Thanks, Doctor. You're welcome. Jace, where are we going? Out to Jim Ford's ranch. Jim Ford? You think he's the man we're after? Look at it this way, Sheriff. If Tim Horner had anthrax, chances are he got it from sick cattle. Maybe from burying them at the place where he worked. You mean Jim Ford's cattle are sick with anthrax? It'll take long to find out, but I think they are. Say, that could explain why
2: Jim was so anxious to sell out all of a sudden.
1: Right. Why he couldn't let anybody discover his stock was sick. Otherwise, it'd have to be destroyed and he'd lose everything. So the way you figure it,
2: Tim knew the cattle had anthrax. But he didn't know he
1: had Until he saw Doc Thomas. And once Doc knew there was anthrax around, he was bound to report it. Well, how would Jim find out about that? Could be he picked up Tim at the Doc's office, found out he had anthrax.
2: Yeah. And that might be why he had to kill both the doc and Tim to keep him quiet.
1: Something like that. Now I understand why you're pushing that accelerator so hard. Jim would be anxious to get his money for the property as soon as possible and then beat it. If he hasn't already. Well, suppose he is gone. Let's find out first. Jim's old jalopy ain't here. Could be a good sign. He said he was selling out lock, stock, and barrel, and I doubt if he'd try to make a getaway in that thing. Maybe he's in town or somewhere closing the deal for the ranch. Uh, It'll take long to be sure. Let's try the door. Uh, Looks like the bedroom's back this way.
2: Mm -hmm. Don't appear like he's taking much with him if he has gone.
1: Yeah, but if he's skipped, he's probably traveling light. I... Sheriff, listen. What is it, Jase? Sounds like that jalopy of his coming up the road.
2: You don't think he's
1: coming to I don't back. know. Let's get outside. We want to take him alive. Don't shoot unless you have to, Sheriff. What he did to old Doc Thomas, shooting's too good for him. Mm. Oh, that ain't Jim at all. It's Jose. Hey,
2: yeah, buenos dias, senores.
1: Where's Mr. Ford, Jose? Oh, oh he made the big deal. Senor Ford get money for the ranch. Ooh, so much money. I never... Where should... is he? Uh, I take him to the railroad before. So he can wait for the train. Which train? The one that go that way. North? That's the limited. What time does it leave Whitney? 4.32. And it's 4.15 now. Come on, Sheriff. We're going to catch a train.
2: I don't know if we can make it, Jase. He's just pulling out. Come on. I, I don't think we'll catch
1: her. We'll make it. Hey, Porter, don't close those doors. Hold it. Except for that railing, Sheriff. Got it! Can you make it, Jason? Yeah. You know, this This ain't the easiest way to board a train. Keeps you young, Sheriff. You ready to go? Yep. Well, he's not in this car, Jason. Yeah, we'll try him all. I sure hope Jose didn't give us a bum steer. Somehow, I don't think he did. There's a diner up ahead. Remind me, we haven't eaten since morning. Uh, Better not to think about it. That food sure smells good. Chase? Yeah. Looks like Jim Ford got hungry, too. His back's to us. We move in and take it? No. Talk to him first. Sit down at his table. Come on. Howdy, Jim. What? Mind if we join you, Mr. Ford?
3: Well, no. Sit down. Didn't know you fellas were
1: traveling north. Neither did we a few minutes ago. How about you, Mr. Ford? Well, uh, me, I, I sold my ranch like I said I was going to do. I don't mean to get nosy, Jim, but uh, how much did you take for the
3: ranch? What am I don't mind
1: telling you, Sheriff.
3: 16000
1: A little expensive for run-down property and sick cattle, isn't it, Mr. Ford? What are you talking about, Ranger? Tim
2: Horner had anthrax. He got it from your cattle.
1: Why, you're crazy. Not as crazy as you for thinking you could get away with killing Doc Thomas and Tim Horner. (laughs) Well, can can you prove that, Ranger? I think so. And we'll start with this. Hey, what are you doing? Just taking the gun out of your shoulder holster. So big, I couldn't miss it. Well, Ranger, you got my gun. You still can't prove nothing. I won't have to. We got a ballistics lab for that. And while we're waiting for the lab report, you'll cool your heels in jail. Oh. Oh. On what charge? You can't hold me until you get some proof. That's right. And in the meantime, we're holding you for carrying a concealed weapon in a public place. Who are you? What the table, Jase? He's going out the far end. Don't fire
2: too many people. It's, grab him, Jase. Grab him. I got him. Let me go. Let me go.
1: Take it easy, Ford. You'll get off soon enough. And then you'll take another little trip that ends in Huntsville.
0: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. Now, here are the results of
1: the case you have just heard. Ballistics evidence proved conclusively that Jim Ford had killed Tim Horner. He was tried and convicted of first-degree murder.
2: Ten months later, he confessed to the killing of Dr. John Thomas with a paperweight from the doctor's desk. Jim Ford died in Huntsville Penitentiary of a kidney disease on June 17, 1930, just 20 days before he was due to go to the electric chair. Next week, Joel
0: McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers.
1: Starting Wednesday, Robert Montgomery tells how a citizen views the news over NBC.
0: Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Night Chase.
1: It is 9.20 on the evening of May 5th, 1937. Sixteen miles north of Durham, Texas, rancher Jim Fuller and his wife Susan are driving up the dirt road which leads to their ranch house.
2: Sure is a long haul into town and back, but I reckon the movie was worth it.
1: It was a good movie, wasn't it? Yeah. The girl was so
2: pretty, too. Yeah, we got prettier ones right here in Texas. Oh, what's an old
4: fella like you know about pretty girls? Huh?
2: (laughs) Well, I did pick you out, didn't I? Why, Jim... (laughs) Susan, if it wasn't to blame, Doc in his car, I'd say he was blushing.
4: Well, maybe I am, but one thing I ain't going to sit here all night letting you tease me. <laughs> Let's get on into the house.
2: Yeah. You go in ahead, honey. I'm going to take a walk down to the barn. Want to take a look at that mare's leg? Well,
4: don't be long, Jim. I'll have some hot cocoa fixed time to get
3: back.
2: Susan, come here quick. What? What's wrong? Down there, toward the East Range. Why, well, it looks like some men with flashlights. What are they wait a doing? Yep, yeah, they got a truck with them. Must have broke down a fence and backed it in. Jim, ain't that where you got the heifers and tires? It sure is. I'll bet anything them fellas are fixing to rustle my calves. Jim, where are you going? I'm going to get my shotgun go down there after them. Now, Jim,
4: wait! If those men are rustlers, they've probably got guns, too. Now, why don't you phone the sheriff and uh, let
2: him handle it? Well...
4: Please, Jim. All
2: right, all right, come on. Should have had them calves branded before now. Rustlers get them. I'll never be able to identify them. Well, maybe they won't get away. You stay out here in the porch, honey. Keep an eye on them while I call the sheriff. They start to take off. Now you sing
4: out. All right, Jim.
2: Operator, you get me the sheriff quick. Are they still out there, Susan?
4: I only see one flashlight now. I think Hello,
2: Sheriff. This is Jim Fuller. I got a rustlers on my place. Yeah, down at the beginning of my East range. Jim? Just a minute, Sheriff. What is it, honey? They just started off. They're taking off now, Sheriff. Could you see which way they headed, Susan?
4: Looks like they might be making for that road runs along the other end of the range.
2: They're moving toward Farm Road 48, Sheriff. Yeah, I know you will. I sure hope you get them.
3: The sheriff
1: alerted his deputies for pursuit of the rustlers and requested assistance from the Texas Rangers. Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan, returning from a case, were contacted by radio and informed that the sheriff had blockaded the south end of Farm Road 48. They were to set up a checkpoint on Farm Road 48, 15 miles to the north. signs and flares are all set, Chase. Good Clay. Pretty good spot for a roadblock, curve on one end, that hill on the other. Yeah, sounds like our first customer coming now. Uh Uh-huh, passenger car. Couldn't be our boys. Wave them through, will you, Clay?
2: It's all right, go ahead.
1: You don't figure they could have cut off on another side road, do you, Jase? The sheriff said there was no turnoff between here and the ranch. Play, yeah. It's a truck, all right, coming pretty fast. And yeah, just flipped off their lights. Must be them. They don't stop trying to get their tires. They're not going to stop. Give it to them. Come on, let's get after them. Yeah. Could have sworn we hit a back tire. We might have, but they got two wheels on the rear. It's gonna be tough working up any speed with the horse trailer on oh, the back. Give her all she's got. I'll get on the radio. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA to Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 10. Subjects failed to halt at roadblock. They're proceeding north on Farm Road 4-8. Unit 10 pursuing. We'll notify all units. 10-4, Unit 10, clear. KTXA, Austin. I think we're gaining some, Jace. Sounds like they think so, too. Now let me get that rifle. Jase, you all right? Yeah, I guess so. Two scratches from the glass. Sure made a mess of the windshield with that one. Hope their aim doesn't get any better. I'll see if I can spoil it.
2: See, you did it. You got that other back tire, Jase. They're going over. Hold it, Clay. There they go, climbing out of the cab. Watch yourself. Yeah, they're splitting up, Jase. Take the one across the road. I'll get the driver.
1: Yeah. Ah! Clay, you get him, Jace? This one's dead. How'd you make out? Come on over. I think I lost him, Chase. He went down to that scrub. Yeah, he could have headed anywhere from there. He can't be too far away. Well, you keep after him. I'll go back and unload the horses. Catch up with you in a few minutes. Who, Charky? Who, Dan? Who, boy? Who? Laddie? Here's your horse. Thanks. How are you making out? Oh, some tracks. Not very clear. Ground's too rocky. When I could follow with my flash coming down here, he headed along the bottom of this gully. I lost the trail just before I got to you. Yeah, this rocky ground makes night trailing rough. Uh-huh. And wait a minute. Ooh, ooh. What is it, Jason? Over there. That shack. Yeah, no lights. Could be worth taking a look. Let's go. Yeah, come on, come on, Jackie. He's not around there. Chances are we won't get him tonight. No, but maybe whoever lives in the shack heard him go by. Might get a line on his direction. But what if we don't? Then we go back and see what we can find out about the dead man. The truck ought to tell us something, too. Hey, did you hear the way those calves were bawling? Yeah. Some of them got hurt when the truck turned over. Poor devils. Who? Who, Charky? Who,
2: Dan? Who, boy? Who?
1: Not a sound. Think you could be inside, Jason? Could be. Stay here and cover me while I go up to the door. Sure. Si, senor. Texas Rangers. Are you here alone?
2: Si. Si, I'm alone. Uh, you forgive I'm not dressed, but
1: I was asleep. We'd like to come in for a few minutes if you don't mind. Oh, si. Si, senor. Por
4: favor, come in, please. It's
1: all right, Clay. Come on. All right.
4: I just make the light in the lantern, huh? Hey, un momento, senor.
1: Uh,
2: that's better, no?
1: Yeah. You been here all evening? Oh, si. Si, senor, I'm here. This is my house. T- tonight I'm tired and I-, I-, I go to sleep early. We're looking for a man. We think he might have come this way. A yeah, man? Well, what does he look like, senor? Yeah, we don't know yet. But he stole some cattle from a ranch down a piece. Yeah. Must too bad. Did you see anybody pass here tonight? Oh, no, senor, no. Nobody. There are any noises outside? Noises? No. Nobody but you. All right. Come on, Clay. Uh, you are gonna go now, senor? Hey, we'll be back in the morning to pick up our man's trail. You better keep your door locked tonight. Si, sí, si, sí, senor. Adios, senor. Adios.
2: You can come out now. They're gone, senor. You did real good, Pepe. I'm proud of you. Oh, si, si. I do just what you tell
1: me, senor, because I'm so scared. Yeah, right to be. If you'd have said one word, I'd have blown your head off. Oh,
2: no, 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 no. You you heard me. I, I told them nothing. uh uh-huh. You told
1: them nothing.
2: Si, si. Now, now you go, senor. Please, they, they come back tomorrow.
1: Yeah.
2: And you're going to forget you ever saw me. Oh, see, si, see, si, senor. I,
1: I don't tell them. I, I forget everything. Sure, Pepe. You said it just right. You're gonna forget everything.
3: Oh, oh boy. Oh,
1: boy. Howdy, Rankies. Evening.
2: My name's Jim Fuller. Sheriff asked me to tell you he went to fetch JP.
1: You the man whose cattle were stolen?
2: Yeah, I got most of them rounded up again, though. Except for one ahead shoot, because he was hurt too bad. You didn't touch
1: anything on the truck, did you? No, no. Highway patrol wouldn't let nobody touch nothing. Want to start with the dead man, Jace? Yeah, might as well check the truck first, as long as we're up here. We'll see you later, Mr. Fuller. You sure, Angie. Well, there's anything funny about the truck, Pay? Yeah, no license plates. You want to check the chassis number? I'll try the motor. Sure. A couple of shells from an automatic on the ground. Uh, that'll be some help. How about the chassis number?
2: Seal sail plate's been
1: taken off. I figured it would be. Come here and take a look. What'd you find? Oh, motor number chiseled off. Sure went to a lot of trouble. We'll get a lab crew up here. Have them work it over. You think they'll be able to bring out the number with acid? Either that or by heating it hot enough so the number shows. Sometimes that works better. Well, we better go see if the dead man has any kind of identification. Yeah, but I got a hunch he won't. Yeah, they must have planned this pretty careful. And for a long time, motor number wasn't taken off yesterday. Body's over at the left, Clay. Yeah, this one rustler who won't try a second job. I'd like to make sure his partner won't either. Yeah. Here's his gun. Old one. 38 Colt Revolver. Yeah. That means the other man had the automatic. Check his pockets, Clay. I'll hold the light. All right. A little bit of change. Cigarette. Well, looks like your hunch was right, Jace. Nothing, huh? uh uh-uh. Well, What's our next step? Uh... We're ready for the lab crew, Then as soon as it's light, we'll head back to that gully and start tracking again. At dawn, we retraced our steps of the night before. Even in daylight, the rocky terrain made it difficult to pick up a trail. We split up and began crisscrossing the area. Forty minutes later, Clay called me. Hey, Jase! What'd you find, Clay? Oh, Bochart. These tracks, Jase. Pretty clear ones. Uh huh. Line them up. Look like they lead from any place special? Yeah, the Mexican shack. Let's ride over there. Have another talk with him. Get up, Charlie. Come on. You figure our uh, rustler could have been there sometime last night? There's a well by the front door. He might have been pretty thirsty from running. Could be stopped for a drink. Might be some fingerprints handy if he did. That's what I'm hoping. Doesn't look like the Mexican's awake yet. Maybe he's still inside, scared to come out. Who? Who, Charky? Oh, boy. Who? Clay. Through that window. Yeah. Funny he'd have a lantern burning in broad daylight. And even funnier, he'd let it smoke that way. Come on. He might be out somewhere. Mm -hmm. But he wouldn't leave that lantern burning. Come on, let's go in. Jeez, in the corner. Yeah. Our Mexican friend. Shot to death.
0: We continue now with tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Night Chase.
1: automatic shell on the floor of the shack indicated that the rustler we were after had shot the Mexican. We followed the killer's tracks to the main highway four miles north where they ended. Then we went back to town. A lab crew was able to bring out the motor number on the truck by heat process. By mid-morning we traced ownership of the truck to Harry Crowley, a tenant rancher whose place was near Fillmore, 30 miles east of the crime. Shortly before noon, we were approaching the Crowley Ranch. James? Uh-huh. You're still thinking about the Mexican, aren't you?
3: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, it was something that couldn't be helped. Maybe not. You really think our man was hiding in the closet the whole time we were there? He must have been. There's no other reason why he'd shoot him. A man running away doesn't stop off in a lonely shack to commit murder just to pass the time. Yeah, well, you could be right. But if he was there, that'd make the dead man an awful good actor. Mm. He probably thought it was the only way to save his life. Mm. Too bad he was so convincing. Here's the Crowley Ranch, Jason. Yeah sure hope we find something here. This is one killer I want to settle with personally and soon. Well, we can be pretty sure this Crowley was one of the two wrestlers. we we'll have to find out if he's the killer or the one I got. Here comes somebody. Watch it. Yeah? Mrs. Crowley? Yeah? We're Texas Rangers. We'd like to talk to you. Can we come in?
4: All
1: right. Give me that photo plate. Okay, yeah. Thanks. Did you ever see this man before?
4: Well, that's my husband. What happened to him?
1: I'm afraid I got bad news for you, ma'am. Your husband was caught rustling cattle last night. He was killed.
4: Killed. I'm sorry, ma'am. I knew it was going to
1: happen. I knew it all along. Maybe you better sit down, ma'am.
4: I don't want to sit down kept telling Harry, you got a ranch and a wife, you got to take care of us both. Not him. He had to keep thinking up big ideas to make easy money. But now he's got just what I told him he'd get.
1: How long was your husband mixed up in cattle rustling?
4: How would I know? He never told me nothing. Always away from the ranch, leaving all the work for me.
1: Uh, We're looking for another man who was with him last night. You know of any people he went around with? No. Did not he ever bring friends out here to the ranch?
4: Him? He was hardly ever here himself. When he was, he just spent his time jawing about all the big things he was going to do. He was going to be rich, Harry was. <laughs> Him, rich.
1: All right, ma'am. We'll be going now. But we'd appreciate it if you'd stay here. We'll send somebody around to pick you up this afternoon.
4: Pick me up? What for? I
1: have to go over to Durham and identify your husband's body. By the way, ma'am, you have a phone here?
4: Phone? We can't afford no phone.
1: Thanks, ma'am. There's something fishy about this, Jase. She didn't seem at all surprised when we said her husband was dead. I know. Did you notice her eyes? Red and swollen like she'd been crying for hours. Think she already knew about her husband being dead? Could be. Some one man who could have told her, our killer. Well, suppose she does know something she didn't tell us. How do we find out? She has some connection with Crowley's partner. She'll want to tell him we're on his trail. Well, there's no phone in the house. You'd have to use that jalopy over there to get to him. Pull over that hill, Clay. Or we can watch the house without being seen. If she goes somewhere, we're going to be right behind her. Our hunch paid off. Twenty minutes later, Mrs. Crowley left the house and drove to town. We followed. She stopped at a hardware store and went in. When she came out again, a man walked with her to the car, talking urgently. Then he went back into the store. We let Mrs. Crowley drive a little way down the street before we told her to pull over to the curb. What you want now? Cut your engine, ma'am. I thought we told you to stay home.
4: I wanted to come in and tell my brother about Harry. That your brother
1: you were talking to outside the hardware store?
4: Yeah. We'll
1: go have a talk with him. You stay right here, ma'am. And this time, do what we say. We well, might be on something, Chief. Maybe. We've only got suspicions to go on so far. We got to have more than that.
2: Be with you in a second, Ranger, as soon as I get this can of paint out.
1: Yeah. Now, what can I do for you? I'm Ranger Pearson. This is Ranger Morgan.
2: Yeah. glad to know you, Rangers. My name's Holden, Al Holden.
1: Your sister told us she broke the news to you about her husband. How did you... You started to say something, Mr. Holden.
2: No, no, I was just surprised. Ruth only left here a couple of minutes ago. Awful thing
1: about Harry. Terrible. You know anybody Harry was running around with? Somebody who could have been his partner on this job? Partner? No. Well, can you give us the names of any of his friends? I'd like to help, Ranger, but... I don't reckon I know of anybody Harry ran with. I see. You mind telling us where you were last night, Mr. Holden? Why I... Look, Ranger, you think I was mixed up in this? That's no, just a routine question. Where were you? Out to the ranch, whole evening. Any special reason you were there the whole evening? Well, sure, I lived there. Did not my sister tell you that? Mr. Holden, do you have a gun? No, I never have owned one. Lots of pretty guns in that rack over there. Seems like a man who sells guns would have one for himself. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Tell you the truth, I've always been a little scared of guns. Thanks, Mr. Holden. We might drop back a little later on.
2: Anytime at all, Rangers.
3: Anytime.
1: How about it, Clay? He looked like the one you chased into the gully last night? I'd like to say it was for sure. He's the same build. But you know how dark it was. Yeah. If he's our man, Jace, he's going to be tough to crack. I know. With his sister to bear him out, he's got a pretty good alibi. Yeah, the thing we have to do is find the gun he used. Even if we do, we still have to tie Holden to it. You reckon we better have a look through the Crowley Ranch house? Might turn up something. We'll have Mrs. Crowley take us through. Can I
4: go now?
1: Yeah, i sorry to keep you waiting, ma'am. Better start back the ranch now.
4: I still got some things to do in town. Well,
1: they'll have to wait. We want to search your home. Be better if you're there.
4: You can't do that.
1: We could get a warrant. it would save time if you gave us permission.
4: All right, you've got permission.
1: Thanks, ma'am. You drive ahead. And remember, we'll be right
4: behind you. in your time, Rangers. You ain't gonna find a thing in my brother's room.
1: And maybe we'll agree with you, ma'am, after we're through looking.
3: Jake,
1: I found this in the wastebasket next to the desk. Mm-hmm. Empty cartridge box. Yeah. Same caliber as the ones we found last night. Mrs. Crowley, have you any idea how this got in your brother's room?
4: It must have belonged to my husband.
1: Well, your husband had a revolver. thirty-eight caliber Colt. Shells in this box were made for a thirty-two automatic. Whose were they, ma'am?
4: Black. I don't know.
1: Your brother said he spent last night here. Did he?
4: He was here the whole night. I kind of thought you might
1: remember he wasn't here. It could save you a prison term.
4: Prison? What are you talking about?
1: If your brother is the man we want, you're helping him. You could go to jail for obstructing justice.
4: I got nothing to say. My brother was here at the ranch all last night.
1: Come on, Miss Crowley.
4: Why are you taking me?
1: Down to the constable's office.
4: You can't arrest me.
1: We're not arresting you, ma'am. We'll have to have another talk with your brother, and while we do, we just want to be sure where you are. Howdy, Rangers. Didn't expect to see you back so soon. We didn't expect to be back so soon.
2: Picked up any leads in that partner Harry's you were looking
3: for?
1: I think so. Oh. You know who he is? We got a pretty good idea. Well, uh, I'm right glad to hear. People like that, they'll be put away as soon as you can lay a hand on them. That's just the way we feel about it, Mr. Holden. Uh, is, is there anything I can do for you, Rangers? We'd like to take a look at the guns you've got in that rack over there. Guns? Why, sure. Come on over. Are you interested in buying one? Just looking. Can I see that one? Uh, this raffle here? Now uh, the thirty two automatic above it. Oh, that one. Yeah.
2: Of course, I don't know too much about guns, but people who do know tell me this one's a honey. Here you are, Ranger.
1: Mm. Cleaned and oiled recently, hasn't it? We just got it from the factory a few days ago. That's the way they send them to us. That's so. This one here, it's a different caliber. The same factory, isn't it, Mr. Holden? Yeah, sure. What are you getting at, Ranger? Well, this other gun's hardly oiled at all, just enough to protect it from rust. Are you sure you haven't been using the thirty-two? I told you, I don't know nothing about guns. Clay, there's a little workroom in the back of this place. I saw it when we were here before. How about checking it for cotton waste that might have been used to clean a gun? Sure, Jason. Look, Ranger, I, I got a right to know what this is all about. Sure you have. Take a look at this box. Take a good look. It used to have thirty-two caliber cartridges in it. We found it in your room. Who let you in there? Your sister. Mr. Holden, we think you were with your brother-in-law, Harry Crowley, last night. You tried to steal calves from the Fuller Ranch. Don't
2: be crazy. I had nothing to do with Harry.
1: You got away from us and you killed a Mexican because you knew he might identify you, didn't you?
2: How do you figure to prove what you're saying?
1: It won't be too hard, not if Ranger Morgan finds the right piece of cotton waste in the other room. Cotton waste
2: don't mean nothing.
1: It does if a ballistic check shows that this was the gun that killed the Mexican last night.
2: Well, I... I found that cotton waste full of burnt powder.
1: Wrap it up in paper. You're and not break... gonna get me.
2: Get. Put down that rifle. I'll kill you. Not today. Get dirty, me. I got him, play.
1: Oh. Yeah, you sure put him to sleep, Jase, but good. He probably needed it. I don't guess he slept much last night.
0: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. Here are the results of the case you have just heard. At his trial on July 17th, 1937,
1: Al Holden pleaded guilty to murder and cattle theft. His sister, Ruth Crowley, received a two-year prison term for obstructing justice, and Holden was sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville Penitentiary. Here once
0: again is the star of our show, Joel McCrae.
1: Howdy, folks. Ever since that broadcast last year, when I read a poem entitled Not Guilty, we've had requests from judges, lawyers, police officers, and even a jailer in northern Alaska to repeat it. So, here it is. Not Guilty. I guess I've seen a thousand men go in this jail and out, from tramps with month-old whiskers to rich men with a gout. Not one of them was guilty of the crimes the law accused. Seems they were all just victims of some officer's abuse. From the time the keys are rattled until they're locked up in the cell... Their voices, though they differ from a whisper to a yell, the song is always just the same, that everyone will sing. I don't see why they put me here. I haven't done a thing. Makes no difference what they've done or how mean the crime has been. When they're locked behind those prison bars, they're always free from sin. Though the evidence be solid and their voice with guilt may ring, they'll stand right up and tell you, I haven't done a thing. So long, folks. See you next week week, Joel McRae in another authentic
0: reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers.